Howdy, everybody, and welcome to yet another thrilling episode of the Black Anime Nerds Podcast. I'm Max, and I'm joined by my esteemed guests. We got Mr. Aaron Coutte. In the words of Kirby, Puyo. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Mr. Nemo Bradley. Hey, how's it going, everybody? And Mr. Brandon D. What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us. Um, sorry, it's been a little bit, a little bit of a while since our last podcast. Just uh, it's been a busy time of the year, but uh, we're back now and ready to talk about some uh, recent events. One of the shows that's really um, kind of taken a hold of the group a little bit the past few weeks is um, a series called Onyx Equinox. It's an uh, American produced, Crunchyroll produced uh, cartoon series. Um, that focuses on, uh, Mesoamerican culture, which is great. Cause I mean, there's like little to no representation of that in, in media really. So it, it's great to see. And, um, four episodes have been released so far, or is it, is it three or four? Four. Four. Yeah. Honestly, so far, so good. Um, Aaron, uh, like, uh, what are your thoughts? Um, on what we've seen from Onyx Equinox so far. It's pretty interesting, especially when the premise of it all, because for those who haven't watched, there's a guy in the underworld, and he's literally sinking cities into the underworld to take their souls, and the other guys don't like that shit, (laughs) because it fucks up everything for them, because Mesoamerican gods thrive on sacrifices. So some nigga is just, you know, eating the city's whole. They're missing out. So, Quetzalcoatl, who, you know, is a god of, like, you know, sun and fertility, he'd think he'd be, like, a nice guy. And his brother, Tez Cavipoca, of darkness, jaguars and shit, they make a wager. They're going to trust one human to go around and protect the cities and activate certain countermeasures. Because Onyx is anathema to the gods. They can't do it. So, they say they're going to pick the most human human they can find. Basically, the last motherfucker you'd expect. And we enter Yuzel, who's a very small boy, and it's a really rough ride for him. <laughs> and something Nemo and I talked about is how the show is very good with contrast. It's very bright. But it also adds to the horrors of it all. Because Mesoamerican gods are pretty scary looking. Yeah. Like... Mm-hmm. Nick Montecuzzi, he he looks like a giant skeletal spider zombie in one episode. Even Quetzalcoatl doesn't look right. We don't get to see his actual face. But he's got peeled skin, bones are red, and they do things like, you know, human possession where you see the bodies burn out and, like, they're bleeding. And the guy that you're talking to is like, yeah, well, you know, we could just start again. It's only six billion humans. Not a big number. So details like that in the animation of how it calls back to certain parts of this that people might or might not know, along with how it depicts the characters, pretty great. And then the actual story itself, too, where we get to see, you know, Izel go from being a scared, nervous kid to an actual hero, even if he's being pushed because, you know, he loses Everybody loses. 
and the guys don't really care because they just, you know, start over. But they don't want, you know, their food supply to go down. So it's a very, <laughs> it's a very heavy premise, but the bright colors offset it in a good way. And then there's the dialogue. Max mentioned how some of the voice actors sound smoother, but one thing I like about the dialogue is the cursing. Because <laughs> <laughs> honestly, there's a lot of, a lot of moments where anybody would be like, fuck. <laughs> if you woke up to a giant spider drooling on your face yeah. about to eat you yeah you'd be cursing too yeah an appropriate response <laughs> or if you know you had to lead humanity's savior and get him to agree to become humanity's savior and he ran away and this is your job and you would probably get fired for it or worse you'd probably be cursing too so one of my favorite characters is like that, Yodel, who's a giant leopard. I'm not going to spoil anymore, but if you have a big-ass leopard following you, you're probably going to be a little scared most of the time. Lots of uh, <laughs> early uh, Mowgli and Bagheera vibes. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> and then another thing I liked is there was a small nod to certain things about Aztec culture. Like, the second episode has them playing a game that's like basketball. But, if I remember correctly, they always murder the losers. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> like reference to that. I think I looked it up, and, I mean, I'm sure there are, like, some names for it within, like, the different communities. But I think I looked it up once to, like, find the official name, and it's just called, like, Something to the effect of the ball game. It's just that sideways hoop. Yeah. The crazy thing, though, is that they're not, like, aiming at a, you know, a six-by-eight-foot goal. Like, it's like a little hoop turned sideways on the side of a swimming pool, dude. Like, and they're trying to do that thing. Like, it's nothing, man. It, I, I consider it impressive. That's, but that just might yep. be me. Nah, that, that is, especially considering, you know, back then all they had was, you know, I mean, they running around barefoot. Like, it, it, I mean, <laughs> you can't overlook that kind of stuff. Like, it, 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 I mean, it it's, definitely, it's definitely impressive. The the sport that they're the ball game, as as Max so eloquently <laughs> put it, it definitely looks like it takes some skill. Um, I guess that I guess I'll go ahead and take my turn. Uh, that would bring me to like my favorite character of the show, which is Short Hair Brother. And basically, I like him because he just. Whatever's on his mind, he's going to say that shit. He's going to say it quick, and he's going to say it abruptly, and he's probably going to say it in a way that kind of rev you the wrong way. Like, so you going to slave us, you going to sell us into slavery too, old man? Or, you know, like, you know, like just casually bouncing the ball off the wall. Like, it's kind of a big deal, but he really said it in like, like such a nonchalant way. And I was just like, yeah, this, that's, that's the, that's the cool character. I mean, I get the brother with the long hair is the more responsible one and the more friendly one. And here you want a piece of bread and shit. But the shorter hair brother is more, to me, a realist. And he's just kind of like, yeah, I'm here, but I'm only here because I got to be here. Like, you know, and my brother got to be here and we got this ball and we got to do this thing. So it's kind of like I'm here, but I'm, I'm here only because I'm forced to be here. Attitude really stuck with me. And I do like this newest character that we were just introduced to in the latest episode i believe her name is yanya 
Yeah. But, young lady. Yeah, this, the, the stoic sort of, I don't talk much, but if I do, it's probably a warning. You should shut up kind of women always are really like, those are my favorite type of characters in these sort of like adventure stories where you have like a party of companions that all gather together and personalities collide and you might have the grumpy, stocky, you know, strong guy and then the silent, um, stoic samurai chick. And it, it's just a cool concept to me of all these, these different components coming together to make a, a world saving entity with Ezel at the center. But that's, that's where my, interest in the show really lies I, aside from the obvious juxtapositions of dark and light it's a really cool show to watch and it's just it's, it's a really good time even though a lot of as he said as Aaron said fucked up shit does happen like on the on the regular like I saw a monster stub his toe and it was like it was sad I felt bad for the monster like he, cause he, he was in pain but anyway <laughs> but yeah no the show, the show has some very comedic moments to it but also it will bring you back down like with an anchor of gravity that is like almost hard it's, it's almost hard to deal with at times because you, you you get just like smiley feeling about it because of what you're looking at and then all of a sudden next thing you know shink and somebody's blood is all over the wall and it's just like oh my god dude like what what is going on but yeah, it's a good show. I'm I'm definitely digging it. Brandon, what did you uh, what did you think of it, brother? I loved it. Uh, Yodel is my favorite character. He's always real with everybody, just being like, "Hey, if y'all don't get this shit done, humanity is gonna end, and y'all gonna be dead." <laughs> it's like <laughs> I want to be here, but I'm trying to help y'all out. I'm doing a favor for y'all. I'm not doing this for me. Trust me, if I wasn't don't want to be here i wouldn't be here <laughs> he's just like y'all can take that ball and go and i can eat you or you can come with us and i'll let you live <laughs> and he's just straight to the point with everything and he's just so <laughs> strict with izel because he knows he has potential but seeing what izel has gone through within the span of like three days since episode one with Aztec deities raining from the sky, ripping cities apart, rip gods killing each other and drinking their blood. It's just always been through enough. It's he, it's understandable with the uh, amount of trauma he's gone through and it just keeps piling on with every episode and every reveal. And it's understandable why Izel acts the way he does. And he's so like scatterbrained and scared of everything. It's just like everything's been dropped on him at once, and now he has he got a deal. Yeah, and now he's got the job of being humanity's champion when he had nothing to do with anything, but just got dragged into a shitty situation. And humans, as Yodel said, humans fucked up, and they're going to keep repeating the fuck up again and again and again. So, yeah, I liked it. And the um, character designs, I really liked. Uh, the designs of everybody and the monsters are cool and everything, especially with that, like, um, neon, like, or all the monsters have, especially when they come from the underworld and stuff and start attacking. All in all, it's a, it's a really cool show. Yeah. It's really cool to see how, um, much detail went into it. Like, I really like that sometimes with stuff like this, where it's in, it'll be in a, Mesoamerican like setting, but they won't like explicitly 
demonstrate which uh, culture it is. But I really appreciate that they take the time to acknowledge and differentiate like, oh, this is a Olmec temple. This is um, an Aztec temple. This is a Mayan like burial ground or something like that. Like it's, it's really cool how we're seeing these and it kind of just shows how um, these cultures, you know, when, when one culture kind of died out, the next one um, rose up and kind of uh, uh, expanded on like the previous culture. I think that's really cool to see because like most, most fans, like just in general, just Mesoamerican culture just isn't really talked about much in 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 most uh, school systems. I feel like so this is just kind of a fun way to engage that history, and of course it's like a, an embellishment of that history, but um, it's kind of a cool exploration of it nonetheless. I really like the cast. I mean, I think we all know that probably the the show that this series will probably be compared to the most is, is Avatar. Um, and I mean, I mean, at least just like, just, yeah, it's like one of those things where like, it's kind of like the trend of, um, like all the new shonen in like the last like 10 ish years or so being compared to like Naruto or something like, yes. I mean, there's obvious tropes that, uh, Naruto has that these new series have, but these series are like what, once you get past those tropes, like uh, these series are like completely different from each other. I feel like the tone and the, and the atmosphere of Onyx Equinox is totally different from Avatar. Uh, yeah. Among, yeah. Among other things, but <laughs> if thing had to get told, hey, you need to save the whole world. Are we burning this bitch down? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, basically. Yeah, it's just really cool. I'm glad that, um, Sophia Alexander, the, the creator of, of this series, like, is able to have a platform to showcase her, her culture. I mean, in animation, like, especially, I feel like Latino, representation is severely lacking so it's great uh, to have a platform like like Crunchyroll to be able to broadcast that to the masses yes yeah I agree and you know like I mean I guess in it's relatively small I guess in our group to following of the show but I attribute that mainly to maybe just a lot of folks not being in the loop about it but I guarantee you, dude, there's probably a lot of folks that are, like, catching wind of this, like, looking into South American, like, ancient culture and stuff now, too. Like, just because the show is interesting and it makes you want to know more about, like, what these people are saying. And it doesn't have subtitles. But, uh, like, it makes you you have to do, like, old school research a little bit, kind of. And I definitely see inquiring minds like tuning in weekly like we are to to like see what happens next with this it, this show to me feels original and I, I get that yeah. a lot of people are going to make their own you know draw their own juxtapositions to other shows and things of that nature but for me it's it's, it's a new experience so i'm i'm just experiencing it like that and taking it for what it is and he needs to work on that damn knife 
Yeah. Just stab yourself one time, bro. Just stab yourself. Just see don't, what happens. Don't. <laughs> yeah. Give him a give This man, that, that knife is dying of thirst. Oh, my goodness. I, I consider myself, like, a, a pretty patient, like, <laughs> uh, like anime watcher. Like, you, you guys have seen my discourse. Like, I... I always yeah. get annoyed when people complain about character X, like, is way too emotional, like, they cry too much. But, guys, I've got to admit, man, it, it, I, I really enjoy Ezel and, like, what's what he's about. And we all know that by the end of this, he's going to be that um, amazing hero. But uh, the road to get there has been a very uh, rocky oh, oh. so far. You feel like Yoda. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like I want, like, like, like Yodel is us. Like, like the decisions this guy like makes. Um, like when, yeah, I I won't like go into spoilers for people interested in, in watching, but yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, his growth over the course of the of the series for sure. I'll just say that. Yeah. Know where Yodel's coming from with all this, because there's definitely a level of frustration when it comes to Izel and his character and everything. But we understand. Yeah, I try to understand. I really am. I'm trying to understand. At a certain point, dog, like that's a that's a big that's a big ass cat, my dude. You can't you can't outrun him. Just just <laughs> listen, bro. Like, come on, man. Like, it, I get it. I get. It. You don't want to do it. I probably wouldn't want to do it neither. But I hey. just picture I just picture Yodel doing that parent side when their kids do something, you know? Like they, man, exasperated. Oh my god. Yeah, they're frustrated. <laughs> they want to yell at them, but they don't want to yell at them. So they're like, oh. One, two, three, five, seven, eight, nineteen. All right, now listen, Isaiah. <laughs> oh man, you can hear it in his voice, and it's it's very cool that you know. Yeah. And as a panther, he can express that, like, parental sort of frustration with his uh, Like, I'm doing this because I have to, but it's also to save the world. But you crawl, you got to get in the, the fucking city. city. <laughs> <laughs> get in the fucking robot, he's hell. Yeah, no, I, honestly, <laughs> Shinji is exactly who I thought about. Like, <laughs> like, oh, my God, dude. Central American Shinji. Shinji. Yoda would have helped. Yoda would have helped Shinji with a spine. <laughs> You're gonna get in that fucking robot. Is like it. <laughs> oh man. So yeah. Um, so far, Onyx Equinox very promising. Definitely recommend checking it out. It's available on Crunchyroll and Verve. Yeah. Highly recommend it. Um. So we'll kind of just segue over to um, uh, Jujutsu Kaisen talk. Um, anime is currently uh, uh, we'll be we'll be talking about three episodes uh, this week. We took a bit of an extended break from the previous podcast, but we'll try to uh, condense things a little bit. The last three episodes have kind of just focused on um, our new uh, arc and new dynamic between uh, Itadori and uh, Junpei. As well as the introduction um, to the series' uh, first uh, big, or I guess it's not really first because that title belongs to Sakuna, but um, 
the the latest uh, big bad bad in the series, uh, Mojito. We're seeing a lot of uh, ideological conflict right now. There's been some uh, slick action bits. What have you guys thought uh, overall? Uh, what are your thoughts on the uh, last three episodes of uh, Jujutsu Kaisen? Uh, we can start with Aaron. All right. Ooh. Okay. Episode nine. Some of my main thoughts about it. Being a sorcerer with shit, working a normal job with shit, may as well do the one I'm better at. I kind of, I was like, you know what? I like his attitude. <laughs> I fucked with that attitude. There was a, there was a few quotes he had, like the finding more phone out here is on your pillow one. The accumulation of little despairs is what makes a person an adult. And I was like, stop being so loud. Right. And then when he spoke in that deadpan tone, and I, I always feel my tone is very deadpan. I was like, oof. <laughs> and uh, episode nine reaffirmed that Gojo is basically a, a giant sixth grader. <laughs> like the way, he, the way he treated that whole battle was just, I'm going to flex on you. It was like, you know how people talk about Michael Jordan and he would say what he's going to do to you and then he would do it? Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, what, it, that's what it reminded me of. <laughs> and like, reading the manga and seeing people, these characters get animated, it's always int- or nice to see that, you know, the voices match what you think. Like, Nanami is so much better animated. Like, it's funny to read in the manga, but hearing the monotone voice... Yeah. Um, it's different. Suda, the voice actor, he's, I feel like he's one of the best in the business. Um, that very, like, unique, uh, distinct voice. He was, um, he's been in a couple anime from this year alone, but, um, Aaron, you probably recognize him as, um, Lero Rowe from Tower of God as well. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's where he's from. Golden Kamui. And he also, uh, oh yeah. He also does, um, Seto Kaiba, which perfectly. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, uh, I like that the curses we've been seeing are, well, I like what the curses are, that they're the manifestation of people's fear and hate. And it kind of gives me that persona vibe as how yeah. fear, rumors, and hate build these build these things and it makes sense concerning Mahito because as we notice a lot of curses look like really twisted and shit right they, they stand out basically yeah yeah Mahito looks like he would be able to walk down the street so I think that says something about like what exactly he constitutes being made of right and the the hatred humans humanity has for each other I was like, okay, yeah. But I think the thing for episode nine for me was work as shit to quote my favorite deadpan artist. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think a lot of people would agree with that line for sure. Yeah. I always in episode ten continue with the the overtime line. I'm not going into overtime for your bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> and then the fight between him and Mahito was Really brutal. (laughs) And it becomes really scary when you consider how he uses it. Like, you turn a random human into into a weapon for you. And, like, throwing that at people 
is basically like especially Nanami is be- or a sorcerer is basically like suicide bombers. Yeah. So think about how Yuji would have to feel if, you know, Mahito was throwing humans that aren't even just random humans at him. Like, we already see some of the struggles he has. That would fuck him up a lot. Right. So, felt bad for him. It was pretty gruesome. I was like, that's, that's for some really sick shit. I mean, we see a lot of weird shit in here, but. And then. Mayuto basically baited Junpei, and I was like, this is not going to end well. And, of course, I was right. (laughs) And, like, watching with my dad, he was like, why is this random woman walking alone? I was like, that's somebody's mama. He's like, oh, she she dead as hell. (laughs) And as we know, he was was right. And seeing Yuji and Junpei bond gave me that foreboding sense of, you know, the other shoe dropping. Because you're like, damn, this is really nice. This is really nice. Shit is t-. And then I'm like, this is too nice. And it's going to drop hard. And it felt like we're going to see, you know, Mahito try to make them that, you know, come to the dark side. We have cookies type offer. We, they don't necessarily have cookies, but he's going to act like they do, and you know. When he gets called on, it's going to be like, I didn't say what kind of cookies. I said we had cookies. Human cookies? Yeah. I didn't say all that now. <laughs> yeah, that's those are my thoughts for the first three episodes. Yeah, it's hard to believe that um, the first core is almost done. Um, wow. Uh, M- Mr. Brandon, uh, what are your thoughts? I loved it. Episode 9 really... Uh, displayed Nanami and uh, Itadori's relationship on uh, Nanami showing Yuji the brutality of being a Jujutsu sorcerer and both the good and the bad parts of it. The good being you get to learn all these techniques and get to apply it in combat and stuff, but also the dark side of dealing, of having to come into the realization that you might have to kill somebody, a, a, per, a human one day should the, uh, decision come down to it and we know Itadori being the soft like the <clears throat> nice innocent uh, kid that just genuinely wants to help everybody but doesn't want to go over the edge and stuff and that really got displayed when Mahito was just throwing dead bodies and stuff and saying that they were alive but he <clears throat> Yuji was killing them off but he Blamed himself thinking that he had killed them, but Nanami was just like, no, you had nothing to do with that. They were already dead. And Itadori is like, okay, this guy's unforgivable. I have to come after him and get him next time we meet up. And it was brutal seeing all that because Mahito is manipulating people's souls and turning them into these puppets and stuff. And he's like, Oh, here's my latest experiment. This one person I turned into like a 20 foot monster muppet that's sitting in the sewer and stuff. And it's so gruesome what Mahito is doing to these people. And some of them still have their memories and stuff. And remembering it's like, please save me, which is really sad because they still have uh, feelings and stuff even after they've been killed and stuff. And Nanami went into overtime. He was like, you done messed 
done goofed. I'm going into overtime. And as soon as he took off that necktie and wrapped it around his head, I'm like, oh, you fucked up now. You made me work overtime. I, I, you're going to catch these hands real quick and proceeded to beat the arrow level snot out of Mahito. And he was, he fully explained his ability. It's like, what you going to do? I explained it to you. You're not going to do anything about it. You're not going to beat my ass. <laughs> He's like, are you sure you should be explaining this step by step on how your power works? He's like, you're not going to do shit. <laughs> like, and he's so confident about it. it it's that deadpan humor that Aaron brought up. It's he's just so nonchalant about everything he says, but it's supposed to be said in like, like a funny, like serious sort of tone. But he's just like, I don't care. You're not going to do anything about it. You're not going to stop me. And I'm going to leave out of here and I'm going to crush you with all these rocks and left out and everything. <laughs> and seeing Junpei's hoops and everything going from school and everything, <laughs> dealing with bullies on a day-to-day basis, being constantly abused, beat up. And one detail that I have forgotten about in the manga was when he lifted up his hair they showed the cigarette butts that he had been burned on his forehead from the bully that he was about to kill before Isidori showed up. I mean, yeah. through some stuff on top of his mama getting uh brutally bird and just boys been through way too much. And I love that little uh, uh, scene with Isidori. He's, uh, reenacting Castaway, he's like Wilson, Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> I love that little uh, throwback right there. That was a little cute scene, and this <clears throat> series has a lot of uh, uh, different series references, and it's always cool to see that when that pops up and everything. It was last three episodes have been really good, and we'll, I'm wondering what we'll see from June Pay next because he's on the brink of killing the dude who is uh, torturing him, he thinks might have killed his mother and set him up for all this failure and just sent his life on a downhill spiral. So we'll see what happens next. Yeah, it's definitely been a ride so far. Um, that um, clash of ideals is coming is kind of uh, coming to a head um, this week. So it'll be really exciting to see. Like Aaron said, it's been cool getting to meet Nanami in uh, anime form. Uh, Suda does a great job. Uh, the voice act, the voice actor, um, and um, Mahito just makes it for a great foil to Yuji. So I look forward to um, just seeing how this plays out in anime form. Um, so far, Mappa's done a great job. I've really elevated the popularity of the series as a whole. The manga is selling very well. Hopefully they can keep it up in the second core and um, kind of keep the machine rolling. So, yeah, with that, um, we can kind of tra- um, transition to our next phase where we just kind of um, discuss some uh, uh, Disney news. Um, Disney uh, caused quite the stir last week when they announced um, – many of their upcoming projects at their uh, annual uh, Investor's Day. Man, did they ever announce stuff. Um, 
so many announcements, well over 30 announcements. <laughs> um, Marvel, the, um, Star Wars, Man. some of their other animated projects. We got, uh, Shang-Chi, uh, Ahsoka, um, the list really just goes on and on. Um, we could, uh, we could be here for like hours talking about it. Um, but, uh, maybe we can just go, uh, one by one and kind of, um, I'll just ask you guys what, uh, projects you're looking forward to the most. Um, uh, Brandon, um, uh, what projects, uh, caught your eye? Uh, definitely the Star Wars ones. I'm definitely looking forward to the, um, uh, Obi-Wan series that they just announced for now the original actor for Anakin Skywalker is coming back to play Lord Vader in the Obi-Wan series. So I am so excited for that one. Um, we have the Tiana series that was announced, the animated Tiana series. I'm hope, I have big, big hopes for that one as well. Uh, there's Kamala Khan that got her own, um, yes, sir. I'm, su- I'm so excited for the, uh, Marvel What If Captain America scenario where, um, I think it was Captain America's friend got the shield and, got the super soldier serum and everything and what if on if she got instead of him so i'm looking forward to that one as well and mainly the star wars uh, uh, projects and stuff and there was that one project that uh dealt with uh crossing over with an african uh production company and i can't remember the name of it but it sounded like a big big project that joint project that disney was doing with a um african production it was like a movie series or something. I can't remember. There was so much announced on that night, keeping up with everything between IGN, uh, video game awards and the Disney news, everything just dropping at once. Um, yeah, but I'm looking forward to just about everything Disney's putting out and also, oh, um, WandaVision as well. That one I'm looking yeah. forward to. Uh, Nemo, um, uh, what projects caught your eye? Um, the Obi-Wan series, I'm definitely looking forward to that with, uh, as, as Brandon mentioned, as, with Hayden Christensen coming back to play Anakin Skywalker again is definitely exciting and it brings back a lot of nostalgic and, you know, conflicting opinions about him because, you know, you what kind of feel like you watched him grow up and now you get to see him become that, that thing that tormented the galaxy from his Death Star, but it is definitely exciting to see. And um, I'm, uh, I saw a post about Baymax. Uh, I'm not sure if that's going to be an actual like movie or if it's going to be a series, but I don't know. Uh, that that uh, movie, Hero 6, Big Hero 6, was really, I don't know, it was really wholesome and it, it really caught me off guard when it came out because it wasn't really discussed that much and I, I didn't know about it. So when I finally like rented it from a red box, I was just like amazed at that artwork. So I'm really looking forward to the Baymax project. And I'm also looking forward to the Lando Calrissian um, series that they're working on. And finally it was a movie. It was a Marvel movie. Um, 
Thor, Love and Thunder. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing our boy get back on the main screen again. Hopefully he will have done a little bit of cardio. You know, got <laughs> lost a little bit of that spare tire around the middle, you know, since the last time we saw him. <laughs> but those are just the four main projects that I'm looking forward to the most. Definitely. Um, Mr. Coutte. For me, ooh, wow, a lot of stuff. Uh, one thing I liked that song was Ironheart. And not just Ironheart, but also Armor Wars with Don Cheadle. And I feel like that was a really cool choice since it would be about Tony Stark's legacy. And how the original story was about Tony getting in the ass of people who, you know, air quote, borrowed his designs. Like, he would roll up on these niggas and be like, yeah, I know how your suit works. Because I made that design, dipshit. (laughs) (laughs) So while it's a little more violent, so there's no Tony, it's going to be Rhodey dealing with it. I'm going to be interested to see how he navigates that and, like, that legacy. And then there's Falcon and the Winter Soldier with that, too. And I feel like it's building towards Falcon becoming Captain America, but he's got these hurdles. Like, you know, one thing I always liked about this story is how the replacement cap, John Walker, represents a very strong, like, right-wing heavy type of cap that people think they want but that's not who cap is and so i feel like bucky and sam are gonna you know remind people of that and i like that they put a spin on some older villains like flag smasher as a young girl because flag smasher is a whole ass suited up more anarchist and there's some x-men stuff too they introduced my favorite random island Besides your notion of Madripoor, which is basically like anything bad can go down there in Southeast Asia. You got drugs, you got blood sport, you got blood sport in the drugs, you got mutants doing drugs, you got mutants doing blood sport to get the drugs, et cetera, et cetera. So. It gives me a lot of hope there. And, like, what if is another thing, because I always like that. And since they seem to be going really wild with it, I expect a lot of people to die in each episode. Because it seems like what if goes off the whole, you know, you shift one thing, everything goes off the fucking rails. <laughs> if person A wasn't here, person B would be here. And they got so much potential to do stories there. Like Spider-Man joining the Fantastic Four, et cetera, et cetera. Besides that, WandaVision, which like Brandon mentioned, is going to be pretty trippy. And movie Wanda seemed to have a better grasp of reality. But I think when Vision got ganked, that got shot out the window. Yeah. And so awesome. I wonder what it's going to be like when he comes back. Or is it going to be something creepy like he came back and he's not? the same, but Wanda has made it so he looks the same. Like a season-long episode of The Twilight Zone. Like, everything's fine. Everything's fine. And Vision is just a big-ass doll. And it's like, no, it's not fine. It's not fine at all. (laughs) But nobody's gonna tell her that because, you know, it'll break the illusion. (laughs) Which kind of fits with the character because I remember when somebody said to Wanda, your kids aren't real. You're married to a robot. She snapped. So that's going to be very heavy. 
and like Brandon mentioned, Tiana. I'm curious to see if they do like live action or you know CGI. What exactly they're gonna do with the Star Wars stuff? Shang Chi. From what I heard, the guy from Shang Chi is I don't know if you guys watch Kim's Groceries, but mm-hmm. the dude on there, the dude on there, Jung, the oldest son. Yeah, he's gonna be Shang Chi. Interesting. So, he's a pretty good actor, and from the way he's described, I think he'll be do pretty well. And so. I'm after that. I've seen photos of him and I recognize his face, but I don't know like where from, but I know I've seen him in things. So I, I mean, it's not like Marvel makes his poor casting decisions. So I think we can, nah. you know, I think sure. we can trust this regular with that. But yeah, it does look, I'm, I'm a huge martial arts fan. I mean, I was one of the few people amongst my circle of friends who actually, enjoyed the iron fist and stuff like that like everybody else in my in my little circle of friends hated that shit they love luke cage but they did not like that iron fist shit at all well, <laughs> but um yeah shang chi is definitely something i'm looking forward to as well and I'm trying to think of what else because there was a lot there was a whole lot yeah. hell yeah fantastic four third time's the charm Man, fingers crossed, right? God, yes. Yeah. I feel like they try to do too much or make it too realistic, and it's like these motherfuckers explore other dimensions that you don't got to be realistic with them. <laughs> Freed Richards is like so smart; it's ridiculous. Yeah, that last Fantastic Four movie, they were doing way too much. <laughs> I'm wondering how the cast is and. Where, what direction they're going to go because Fantastic Four does some wild shit because they're just off the road. People think they're like the down-to-earth superheroes, but no, they're doing the, all the extraterrestrial shit, going into space, and doing everything. So I'm these, really curious how they all that. These niggas pulled up on an alien in the front of their house. <laughs> I'm like, it should be ridiculous. Like, their neighbors literally talk about the the price of their house is going up or down based off these niggas. Are you ridiculous with it? Like, Ben is made of fucking rocks. <laughs> I'm like, so they should just, you know, they should embrace the whole fantastic part. One make, it thing. Part, make it part Magic School Bus, make it one part Avengers. But the best part is they got this whole universe, this cinematic universe that they created now where pretty much any freaking thing is possible. Like, and they can just be like, oh, Dr. Strange said, nope, snap, rewind. And then, as you know, we try this again. Like, they can literally do that with anything. Like, it's just this crazy, like, super expansive yet connected universe that they've created. So it's really exciting to see, like, what they do with it and how it's going to. What phase are we in now? Like phase eighty five? No, I'm not. I'm <laughs> phase four. But it, I, oh, like, yeah, it's gonna be exciting to see what they do with future phases. Yeah, I'm wondering how they're if they're gonna do the full Fantastic Four family because the Reeds kids are on some other shit. Because I'm wondering if they're gonna even include them or introduce them or whatnot. Because that is just wild. <laughs> I yeah. mean, the stuff I've read of um, Franklin. Frank- and uh, the daughter, it's it's some nutty. I can't even imagine how they would be able to do it because it's so insane with the stuff that goes down with their kids. It's just it's hard to imagine. But I'm really excited to see what direction they go with with them. 
the uh, Fantastic yeah. series. And, uh, oh, yeah, Kang with Ant-Man. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, forward to that. It's got old boy from Lovecraft Country, and I didn't realize it, but I think he'd have a good fit for Kang's voice. And I always wanted to see Kang in, like, an Avengers movie because I feel like his introduction story is pretty ballsy. This dude comes from the future, threatens the president, and calls out the Avengers for fun. It's like, it's like, imagine, you know, a dude who's sitting at home or like, he's watching, you know, Man vs. Wild or like, you know, what was that show that had two different cultures, greatest warriors against each other? He's watching that like, yeah, I can take them. (laughs) Man, Disney definitely overloaded us, uh. Um, with this latest, uh, investors day, that's for sure. Um, you guys mentioned a lot of the ones I'm looking forward to. Um, I'm really looking forward to, um, children of blood and bone. Um, the adaptation of, of that book, um, that Lucasfilm is going to do. Uh, it's a, it's a coming of age adventure that follows a young African girl's quest to restore magic to her forsaken people and uh, i've been meaning to read the book but never got around to it so uh, i'll try to do that before this uh this uh movie drops um so yeah children of blood and bone um, i'm looking forward to the i believe it's is it the visions star wars visions where um yes with the uh, shorts that will be um adapted by uh prominent um folks in the anime community um i think that has a lot of potential for sure you guys pretty much covered everything i mean the star wars i mean the marvel slate is looking nice um it's cool that they're really going all in on these a lot of these shows um she hulk should be fun uh moon knight should be fun oh shit that's the one I forgot. Dang, Moon Knight. Yeah, crazy guy with multiple personalities. I forgot about that one. But yes, I want to see what what's up with that. I don't know much about it, but from what I've seen, has made me interested in the character. So I am looking forward to it. Crazy Jewish guy gets revived by Egyptian god <laughs> to serve as his avatar of ass whoopings. <laughs> that up. No, just <laughs> yeah, I was definitely tuned in for that one. Oh, Secret Invasion just seems like it's going to be hilarious with just picturing Nick Fury and Ben Mendelsohn fucking around, uh, cutting loose. That one seems like it has a lot of fun potential too. Um, so much, and even uh, even something like uh. The uh, uh, Mighty Ducks um, sequel. <laughs> I'm kind of oh, looking wow. forward to that one too. That's gonna that's gonna be something. <laughs> See Emilio Estevez. The elderly man's league. What is the same Mighty Ducks or they got a new team now? I ain't, um, I, I can't. I, I saw a trailer and. Um, I think uh, the premise is um, like Charlie Green characters. Uh, 
who's who's a mom um, asks Emilio Estevez to come out of retirement, uh, <laughs> or just like whatever he was doing to coach this new team. Dang, he said I'm always available. That's what's up. He's with the shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, it, it's basically it's it's essentially like kind of like like a soft reboot um, based on the trailer. A lot of the hockey players have followed kind of the same like tropes that the original cast did. Uh, but it, it seems like it'll be fun. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we get to see some uh, knuckle pucks. Yeah. I'll I, definitely be uh trying to find out more about it because it's the first time I'm actually hearing about it, but I, I, I was more or less just joking with that first line. I, I doubt we'll ever see uh, Keenan Thompson in, in ice skates again in his uh in his new success or anything like that. But uh, <laughs> I, I don't mean, think, I don't know, man. <laughs> Way this year is gone. <laughs> <laughs> man, ice skates? I mean, age don't do nothing for your knees. That's all I know. And, and you talking about Knuckle pucks. All right, be careful, that damn old man. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna check. I'm gonna check out the, the synopsis myself and see what uh see what what the goings on are about about the the movie. Yeah, it seems like it'll be a fun series. Um, oh, a series. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and hope, and I'm sure. I mean, I'll know. Probably as far as like their present selves are concerned. Um Keenan and um gosh. The the actor's name escapes me, but Keenan and uh the guy who plays Charlie Conway are probably the most prominent actors, so they might not come back, but we might see some other familiar faces. Which would okay. be fun. Okay. That's what's up. Yeah. I mean you got you got to think about successful the Cobra Kai stuff and all the like like really nostalgic stuff has been bouncing back kind of lately. So like the Mighty Ducks might have an actual shot of a resurgence right now. Like seriously, I mean in my head at least. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll check it know, out. Um, Hollywood is very much still in that um, riding that uh, nostalgia wave, and I mean it. It's paid off. Like so many, there've been so many um, reboots and remakes like lately. Like, uh, uh, did that did that uh, Top Gun sequel ever come out? Did they postpone nah, that? I think they postponed it. Okay. Uh, he's dating. I remember the most egregious thing I found was that his new love interest is like twenty something. He's <laughs> like knocking on sixty. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. I think Rambo's still kicking, if that, if that counts for anything. I think I seen he had a movie like either a year or two years ago. Yeah. He must be shooting dudes from a wheelchair at this point, but he's still out there kicking ass. <laughs> oh, you, and you just remind me, Nemo, um, I'm, uh, the Indiana Jones, there's another Indiana Jones movie coming out with uh, Harrison Ford. Really? Really? What? Yeah. Oh, wow. God. That's, that's dedication. James yeah. Mangold's directing it though, so I'm I'm interested to see what he does with it. I'm pretty sure he did. Um, hold on a second. Um, please don't be number eight Please don't be number eight 
That one with the aliens just kind of threw me off from my like old Indiana Jones vibe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, James Mangold uh, directed uh, The Wolverine and Logan. Um, oh, man. And um, Ford vs. Ferrari, which was a, a big movie last year. He too, he don't miss. I'm saying we might, we might get, we might see Indiana Jones get a send off on this thing. That if he if he produced no, <laughs> if that movie was one of the darkest motherfuckers I've never seen in my life, I said, oh man, we got we got Professor X over here freezing up the world, having seizures every 20 minutes, and then at the end, my boy get pierced in the chest by a tree branch. It was just, it was just awful all the way through, and I sat there watched the whole thing. So yeah, we might, we might be giving old Indy. A good send off right here. We'll see what happens. Last we'll see what happens. makes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it'd be messed up if it ends up being a snake too. Oh, that'd be so. Oh, yeah. But yeah, James Mango, Indiana Jones. Let's do this. Yeah, it'll, it'll definitely be an interesting one to to watch. Yeah, lots to look forward to. Um, I think, uh, guys, I think that about does it for us this week, unless there's anything you guys would like to add or plug. Um, read Blue Lock. Uh, read Sakamoto Days. It's on, um, the Shonen Jump. <laughs> oh, yeah. The Flex God of 2020, Mr. Sakamoto. <laughs> it's, exactly. uh, yeah. really got kicked into a building and came back and shook it off like nothing. I mean, it's it, the scaling for this series is just wild and absurd. It's a <laughs> series about an ex-gang uh, member, Yakuza member, who is like the legend of Japan and is just held as the greatest gangster ever to live in Japan. And he retires and he ends up becoming a convenience store clerk. And people ended up started uh, seeking him out and we get to see what he was really made of and that shit is off the rails because everything's just all over the place it's just nuts Sakamoto is that dude yeah um that great start to that that series um the characters are really cool um it's kind of an interesting uh take for a Shonen Jump series, just because um, um, it's very much a shonen, but um, all of the core characters appear to be uh, twenty and up, which is which is something you don't see too much uh, from a weekly Shonen Jump manga. But um, like the characters are fun; um, it's one of the more uh, action-packed uh, slice of life type series you'll see um reminds me a lot of uh spy family actually <laughs> um, family with with just kind of like the um wholesome family dynamic yet very um slick and sometimes brutal uh action sequences uh sakamoto's a really fun character and then um uh Shin, who, who, who is also a main character, who's kind of, uh, a stand-in for us as the audience. The um, man. Yeah. 
they make for a really fun, uh, dynamic duo and, um, the cast is filling out so far and it looks like it's going to be a fun group. Um, like it, you know, you never know, but, um, you know, I, I don't get the impression that it's going to be like a, uh, like super like cerebral series or anything like that, but I feel like it's, it does what it does. It, it like sticks to its strengths, I guess. It's just a really fun, um, action oriented series that I think a lot of people enjoy. Um, yeah, I guess I'll take this uh, moment just to uh, do my shameless plug, I guess. Uh, I don't know if any of our listeners are fellow dungeon crawlers like me, but um, all I will say is that I appreciate you guys hanging out with me in the uh, discussion post every week this season, and we have been waiting for what we're about to see this week for three seasons. Um, our boys going to make us proud, and... I hope everybody tunes in and enjoys the show as much as possible so that we can discuss the shit out of it on Saturday. That's it, though. Thanks, guys. Definitely. One of the better fantasy series out there, for sure. Speaking of fantasies, only a couple more weeks until the return of ReZero. ReZero Part 2 debuts the first week of January. Um a lot of shit went down in the first half. Um, our boy Subaru definitely has his work cut out for him, but it'll be fun to kind of see how he, he tackles these situations. So, um, it's hard to believe we're almost to the end of the, um, fall season already, but, um, for a lot of series, this week's episodes will be their last. And then we have, um, next week for a few of the, fall anime with uh 13 episodes so the end is upon us but uh yeah i mean guys thank you so much for uh tuning in this week we really appreciate it um my name's max uh one of the band admins and i was joined by uh brandon d nemo bradley and aaron cute this week and um Thank you guys so much for uh, listening and uh, catch us next time. All right, y'all have a good night, everybody. Stay up. Bye, y'all.